0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the first day, new month. uh, The first day of February 2024, Flyers Daily, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. This episode, we're going to hear from Flyers forward Owen Tippett and the owner of a new eight-year contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. So kick in after this season, Owen Tippett, uh, Missed the last couple of games. He's played in 46 games so far this season. In those 46 games, 18 goals, 12 assists, 30 points. Played 77 last year, 27 goals, 22 assists, and 49 points. And then uh, the year prior when he arrived here in Philadelphia at the NHL trade deadline, 21 games, 4 goals, 3 assists, and 7 points in that time. And he's a player that, as we watch him, we're watching the evolution of his game. Now, Owen Tippett was taken in the 2017 NHL entry draft, 10th overall by the Florida Panthers. He is going to be 25 years old coming up uh, in just over two weeks on the 16th of this month. He'll be 25 years of age. And I think sometimes we get caught up thinking by the time a player is 22 or 23, they should be fully developed. And that's just not the case. A lot of it depends on the arc of your development. At the pro level, at the AHL and NHL level, and also the opportunity that's in front of you. I know when Owen first got here to Philadelphia, he really relished it because there was a lot of opportunity in front of him that he wasn't getting with the Florida Panthers, which is why he was part of the trade. And turns out that trade for Claude Giroux, uh, for Owen Tippett, and what will be this year's first round pick for the Florida Panthers turned out to be a pretty darn good one, especially when you consider that Owen Tippett extended here in Philadelphia for two years uh, out of his entry-level contract and now extending here uh, basically for the prime of his career plus eight years after this year at a $6.2 million AAV, which as uh, we stated on Monday's episode with Bill Meltzer, that number is just going to keep becoming a smaller and smaller percentage of cap as this contract goes on. We're numb to the flat cap world, Uh, but eventually this offseason, that's going to end and the cap's going to start escalating. And this is going to be a a contract that I'm convinced in four years will look paltry uh, considering the effectiveness of the player, what the player is going to give you on the ice, statistically off the ice as a player, both in the locker room and as a citizen in Philadelphia. So let's get to my conversation. I had a chance to catch up with Owen. On Saturday, uh, before the game, after he met with the media regarding his new contract, and here's my conversation with Flyers forward Owen Tippett. We're with Flyers forward Owen Tippett, uh, owner of a new contract. First of all, congratulations! How's it feel to get the business side out of the way?
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a huge honor, obviously, uh, to get a deal like that, and and just know kind of Philly's home for for at least the next eight years is is pretty special, and uh, I'm just super excited to hear
0: you're hockey player you're drafted in 2017 10th overall by florida you end up here now long term but what are the emotions that go through your head when you sign this contract and remembering all the early mornings to cold drinks and all that goes into this and all the all the people that helped along the way yeah i still i
1: still don't think it's kind of set in yet and um you know it's pretty crazy obviously you find out you kind of start reminiscing on on the path that it took to get here and um you know some good memories with with friends and family so um that's the biggest part of it um like i said it's just all the memories
0: kind of you get flashbacks all those car rides and you know dad tying skates and other parents tying skates it's it's such a fascinating journey um why make the commitment here because this is a team that is moving in the right direction you're going to be a core piece of that um, but in your you know view, what was the the big reasons why you wanted to commit here? Yeah, I think
1: you said it. I mean, just the way the team's moving and um, you know the culture they're building around kind of their orange. and um, you know, it's pretty special. Obviously, you want to kind of be a part of that group and and what we have in that locker room is is pretty special and and something honestly that I've never experienced in in Kind of my career to this point, so um, it made the decision a lot easier. Just knowing kind of the direction we're going and, and the group we have in there.
0: That that direction's communicated to you guys through your agent and to you guys directly as players from the general manager and Keith Jones and Dan Helferty. That plays a part in it as well. The organization knowing where they're going. I imagine that when you're making that commitment, that's a big part of it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, obviously the <laughs> the conversations we've had with you know um you know, any Jonesy Dan, you know they want to build a family here and um for them to want to commit it's it's pretty special and, and it was really hard for me to say no it's
0: less than years since you were even traded here. i remember when you first got here you're kind of like looking around where's the showers where's the bathroom? where do i go uh, can you believe that this commitment's made in, in such a short period of time
1: yeah it's crazy obviously coming over you never had, would have expected it and um you know especially when i was traded i was in a contract year too so um it's it's pretty cool to, um you know it's happened the way it's happened and um, just really excited to, for the next eight years.
0: How's the wheel feeling right now? Good, getting better. Is it back soon. I hope so. Um, when you're playing your best, you're not thinking and you're being creative. You have got another level you can even take your game don't you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you know when when my uh, when my head's clear, that's that's when I play the best, and um, you know I think. Every every player wears ups and downs, but um, you know it's 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 really exciting for me that just you know the group we have in there. It's easy to kind of stay relaxed and and just play.
0: Tip, congratulations on the contract. Thanks for doing this. Eight years, man. It's gonna be a long time. Be a fun right. ride. Thank you. There he is, Flyers forward Owen Tippett, uh, after signing that new eight-year contract with the Philadelphia Flyers, and you're starting to see the elements and the development. Of the next core in Philadelphia and he's going to be a big part of it. He's a guy that can create offense on his own. We saw what Owen Tippett means to this Flyers team. We saw it when he's in the lineup, but sometimes it's even more pronounced when a guy's not in the lineup. So he's going to be a big part of it going forward. Uh, They still need to add more talent going forward more high end talent more. Guys that can generate offense on their own like Owen Tippett and and in different ways than Owen Tippett. When you look at a guy, for example, like Matt V. he's a guy that can generate offense differently and in a different style than Owen Tippett can. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy in Tippett, 6'1", 6'2", 210, 215 pounds, power forward, that skates like the wind. And we've seen moments of spectacular play from Owen Tippett. I think he... You see those elements in his game, especially when he's confident. You look at the goal, obviously, versus the Dallas Stars, the Savardian Spinarama goal. Uh, to even try that, to me, reeks of confidence in his game. We saw it last year when he was really heating up uh, around January of last year. Just some of the things that he would attempt to do with the puck offensively, you could see that it's confidence. And he gets creative when he's got that confidence and you got eight years of Owen Tippett. He's kind of a quiet guy, as you can see in the interview. Um, but um, a- as his confidence grows and his place in this NHL grows, um, he knows he belongs there now. And I think this is going to be one great contract for the Philadelphia Flyers. And it's a great contract for him because it's a lot of security for a long period of time. So congrats to Owen Tippett. Congrats to Danny Briere on getting the deal done, not letting it drag on. And uh, not letting it be a distraction or anything like that. I mean, Tippett, when he went out uh, in the six games prior to the game that he went out, had scored six goals in six games. Uh, so obviously, it was not a distraction to him. Flyers really hope he's back on the ice come February 6th uh, when they resume their schedule against his former team, the Florida Panthers. That game will be on the road. Then the Flyers will come home for three. They'll see Winnipeg, Seattle, and Arizona. And that's going to be an incredibly, just like so many this year, so many incredibly um, pieces of schedule, chunks of schedule. That game, those first four or five games back, you're going into the break with a five game skid. You got to try and end that as quickly as possible uh, upon your return. No better place to do it than against Owen Tippett's former team down in Florida and against the Panthers. Um, I also wanted to get in this episode uh, to some leftover ask Billy questions that Bill Melter and I didn't have the chance to get to Uh, real quick though, before we do that, uh, Jamie Drysdale will be our guest on tomorrow's episode. And I think we're going to have Travis connecting on Saturday's episode from the all-star game. I'm hoping to tape TK. Uh, Friday morning, so um, just a little update there. But let's get to some of these leftover questions. Uh, Flyers, Eric Eric Carlson says, "How long do you think it will take before Bobby Brink is back up with the Flyers?" Uh, Let's combine that with another one asking about Bobby Brink. Flyers fan nineteen fifty three Lee says, um, "Ask Billy, will Bobby Brink return after the All Star break or stay in Lehigh Valley until the trade deadline?" I think that I don't have any inside information on when he's coming back, um, but I did do some digging when I saw these questions on how he is reacting to being with the Lehigh Valley Phantom. Sometimes when guys get sent down, um, they can mope. They're humans. You go from the five-star hotels, the chartered flights of the NHL, to bus rides and uh, not necessarily the greatest accommodations in the AHL. And some guys, look, that that may be a thing that, hey, you you get disappointed. It's the human element. Um, But I asked how he has handled himself since he's been down there to somebody who would know, and the answer was he has been great. Now, his play has been good as well. Uh, since going down, he's played in three games for the Phantoms, or two games, rather, for the Phantoms. He's got three goals in those two games. Um, he's doing the little things right. He's seeing a lot more ice time, a lot more situations. Um, but I don't think he comes back right away. <clears throat> I think, it, you know, given the number situation here in Philadelphia with the Flyers, and if Owen Tippett is back i would say let him stay down there for a little bit maybe not all the way until the trade deadline but close to it let him get a nice solid foundation of playing a lot of minutes playing a lot of situations and you know work on some of the areas of his game that he needs to work on and a lot some of that's the way he checks some of that's you know his awareness without the puck um his awareness on being on the right side of the puck when defending I think those things, and Ian Perrier is a, a great mentor for him. Um, I think there's a lot of um, ass in Bobby Brink's game. Ass, I mean, as in uh, he's a gamer, he'll get after it. And that that's a good thing. And Ian Perrier will accentuate him how to use his competitiveness even further at the NHL level. So I, I think that, you know, given the number situation, I would be totally fine with him staying down there for a little while longer than when you get close to the deadline. Um, you look to maybe bring him back up and go from there. Uh, but like Bobby Brink, like so many players in the NHL talk about it all the time. Uh, their development is not linear. It's not just step up, step up, step up. Sometimes it's a couple steps up and a couple steps down, three steps up, two steps down, three more steps up, one step down, you know, and you kind of, you just hope the over arc is going up. Sometimes it's, one step up, three steps down. But then ultimately, over a long period of time, it's still an ascending arc of development. We're hoping that's the case for Bobby Brink, but you gotta handle them right. You gotta not rush. You gotta do right by the player, um, not just look at the moment for the big team right now. This is a rebuild, after all. Uh, another question that came in at hashtag askbilly. Josh White says. Uh, Who is your MVP been for the Flyers up until the all-star break? And do you expect it to be following the break until the end of the season? He said, I have to go with TK. Seems like he's always starting a rush and providing a spark offensively. Plus he's killer on the PK. Uh, Yeah. TK on the PK has been some of the best found money. The Flyers have had in a number of years. You know, the fact that he didn't even kill penalties uh, prior to last season is remarkable when you consider how good he is at killing penalties and obviously providing, you know, scoring on the PK as well. I mean, you look at, he's got five shorthanded goals this season. He's got two power play goals and two power play assists. He's more shorthanded goals than he does power play points. Now that that's not necessarily, that's a little bit of an indictment, not on TK, but on the power play in general over the first 50 games, but he's played in every game. He's got 22 goals, 20 assists, 42 points. It's a plus nine, playing close to 20 minutes tonight. He is absolutely the MVP for me, but not far behind him. I'll be honest, is Joel Farabee. You know, Farabee has been maybe a little bit more quiet in the way he's gone about it this year. Farabee last year did not have a great year, but he did play all 82 games. And in this look, that's coming off that neck surgery that he had in June, late in the summer, and then well, late in the off season, but in the first stages of summer. But Joel Faraby this year has played again in all 50 games. He's got 17 goals, 23 assists and 43 points or 40 points. Uh, He's a plus four playing over 16 minutes a night, a 14.2 shooting percentage. And I think the big thing about it for me with Faraby is he played two shifts in that one game. And as John Tortorella said, why did why did he get benched? He didn't listen. And Farraby did not pout about it. He did not go, oh, whoa's me. Coach doesn't like me. Sometimes young players that, you know, they they're a little bit more volatile when they get benched. And they can kind of fall into something. He didn't fall into something. Since then, he's come back and been just a rock star. I mean, when you look at 40 points in 50 games for Joel Faraby, and you look at the way he's done it, so many of his goals of those 17 goals, I think 16 of the 17 were scored within three feet of the goal line. I I can only think of the one where he went off the bar and in for, you know, a shot of some range about the top of the circles. Uh, But he's right there as well. I mean, he's only two points behind Connect Me, and they've each played 50 50 games this season. So he's been great. Goaltending obviously has been very good for the Flyers overall, but you look at their team save percentage. You go, it's not that lofty. It's a 902, even if you take out the last three games, it's still not uh, spectacular. But goaltending has been big for the team, and that's obviously given the situation uh, a, a question mark now going forward for the Flyers. Uh, but right now, I would have Travis Konechny as the MVP. As far as who could be the MVP of the remain, if you take just the remaining part of the season. I mean, obviously, Konechny is going to be in that mix. I think Farabee is going to be in that mix. And I think Tippett's going to be in that mix, provided he comes back healthy uh, after this break. I think Tippett's just scratching the surface still. I really do. So I think that he'll be in that conversation as well. And if those three players are battling it out tooth and nail for the MVP of this final 32 games, then only the team's going to be better for it. Um, Austin Dunleavy says... Uh, the following, not a question, he said, but the fact that the Flyers have lost five straight and are still sitting in the third spot in the Metro by four points is very reassuring to me. He says, don't change anything, just keep playing hard and we'll be fine. And I've kind of echoed the same thing that Austin just said. You know, they won five straight games. They had their best game of the season in that fifth fifth win of those five straight against the Dallas Stars, the 5-1 game, and then you've lost five games. Look, you got beat by some really good players playing some great hockey. Now, it was the team, that opposition team that beat them, Colorado, but Nathan McKinnon was spectacular. Then you look at uh, the game against Tampa and Kucherov was spectacular. Then you look at the game, the last game they played against Boston where Posternak was spectacular. I don't think you change a thing either. I totally agree. I don't think you change anything. I I think you go out, you get your rest, you all that stuff, and you're good to go. Rob Foam had messaged and said, how long are we waiting again for a rebuild? He said, Carter and Richards were traded for talented future stars and have failed. Well, Rob, not every rebuild is going to succeed and win a cup. And if that was not necessarily a rebuild, that was a quick retool where you traded Carter um, to, at the time, you traded Carter... To the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you got Jake Voracek, and you got the pick that turned into Sean Couturier, and then you also traded Richards to L.A. Carter ended up there, and you got Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen. They they were good deals, but they didn't win a cup, and, and I guess when you look at it in total, they didn't have a lot of success because they didn't win a lot of playoff series, and that's absolutely true. Um, but you know this rebuild is not equivalent to that rebuild. That to me, that wasn't even really a rebuild that was just a quick changing of the guard, if you will, even though Voracek and obviously Braden Shen and Sean Couturier was drafted out of that and, and everything you got, they got younger, but not, not intensely younger because Voracek was not a pup at that point, And Wayne Simmons was not a pup at that point. So I, I wouldn't look at them in a side-by-side comparison in any way, shape or form. Um one more question. Uh hockey fighter 21 says the following. It says do you compile a package including one of the Flyers' first round picks to target a legit center prospect who may be closer to making an impact fitting into the core versus drafting one and waiting 3 years to develop him. It's an interesting question and I, I don't think it's a mindset that should be off the table. I think that people, not just in hockey, but in sports, they value draft picks like their gold bullion, this lottery ticket. They seem to value, oh, we got a first round pick. First round picks are great. And in certain situations, that's a great return. But the known commodity sometimes, or closer to known commodity, as you kind of put it there with, a prospect who's closer to making an impact and fitting into the core versus drafting one and starting from the clock at zero is something you absolutely have to consider. And you can find those guys because different teams are on different timelines and they will value a number one pick for a guy that they drafted, but they go, okay, he's going to get here, but we're not ready for that. We're not ready for whatever is going, going on with it. So, I think that that is a very good good message by you, and I think it's absolutely something that Danny Breer, the Flyers, Keith Jones, they sh- will look at and should look at. And I believe that they will. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll be back tomorrow. Jamie Drysdale, Flyers defenseman recently acquired, will be our guest, and we'll talk to Jamie Drysdale about being a Flyer and much more. So, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily.